0: Pilgrims, it's time for your favorite world-traveling, Bible-toting, soul-winning, Satan-hating, tried, tested, and triumphant host, Pastor A.J. Harold. Just a quick reminder to not be weary in well-doing, for as Peculiar Pilgrims, we're just watching, waiting, and working. Buckle up, and let's ride. Before we dive into this week's episode, let me announce our winners for our giveaway from last week. Remember I said I would be giving four copies of the book entitled Fourth Quarter, How to Finish Your Course with Joy, to four Peculiar Pilgrim Podcast listeners. Well, I had two entries and therefore both of you will receive two copies each, one for you and one for a friend. Congratulations to Peculiar Pilgrim Kenny C and Peculiar Pilgrim Symphony H. You entered and you won our first ever giveaway. I'll be reaching out to you later today through the email that you sent to me so that I can get your mailing address. Once again, congrats. Now, this week has been a busy but blessed week indeed. It started off actually last Saturday at a men's meeting That was preached by Pastor Burton Gates. And then Sunday was just jam-packed. Sunday school, Sunday morning, and Sunday afternoon service after a meal. Well, we decided Sunday night as well as Monday night to go back to the same church, Cornerstone Baptist Church, where the men's meeting was, and Pastor Burton Gates preached those services as well. Well, while we were at the service, Um, It was such a busy Monday and Tuesday throughout the week as well. My sons helped me do a or finish a big project in our home. It was just a very busy week. But I would say that the highlight of the week was the first part where I got to hear Pastor Burton Gates preach a couple of messages at the Cornerstone Baptist Church. One of the messages truly changed my life's perspective on parenting daughters Pastor Gates had us take our Bibles and turn them to the book of Genesis in chapter 19. I want to remind you what Genesis 19 is all about before I get into what specifically Pastor Gates said that prompted this podcast. So Genesis chapter 19 verses 1 through 3, the Bible says this, And there came two angels to Sodom at even. And Lot sat in the gate of Sodom, and Lot, seeing them, rose up to meet them. And he bowed himself with his face toward the ground, and he said, Behold now, my lords, turn in, I pray you, into your servants' house, and tarry all night, and wash your feet, and ye shall arise up early, and go on your ways. And they said, Nay, But we will abide in the street all night. And he pressed upon them greatly. And they turned in unto him and entered into his house. And he made them a feast and did bake unleavened bread. And they did eat. So in just those three verses, possibly a couple of hours passed by from the time the two angels entered into Sodom, all the way up until the time that Lot made them a feast, baking them unleavened bread and all of them eating. No doubt by this time it's getting really late as the text began with, and there came two angels to Sodom at even. So they came kind of late already then they go to his house, they eat, and all this time had uh, transpired, and it's getting late, no doubt. So Genesis 19 verses 4 and 5 continue by saying, but before they lay down, the men of the city, even the men of Sodom, compassed the house round, both old and young, All the people from every quarter, and they called unto Lot and said unto him, Where are the men which came in the uh, into thee this night? Bring them out unto us that we may know them. Now, the point that I'd like to share with you on this week's podcast is quickly approaching, but I really want you to review the details of this story with me. These two angels of the Lord were come to destroy the city of Sodom specifically. Lot invites them into his home after practically begging them, leaving them with no other alternative. They wanted to remain in the street. He said no. He pressed them, and they went ahead and entered into his home, enjoyed a meal together. And remember, it's no doubt getting very late when the men of the city— which would include both old and young, the Bible says old and young man. I mean, what a wicked and perverse city this was. All these men, both old and young, came to Lot's house demanding for the two men to be handed over to them so that they could immorally know them. There's so much wrong going on here. And even the fact that the men of the city knew where Lot lived, it makes me wonder what all Lot was involved with as he did business in the gate of the city. I mean, how did they know where Lot lived in the first place? Well, Genesis 19, verse 6 and 7, the Bible says this, And Lot went out at the door unto them and shut the door after him. And he said, I pray you, brethren, do not so wickedly. And so Lot exits his house, shuts the door. He tells the man of the city, both old and young, I pray you, brethren, do not so wickedly. Now, I have several thoughts from these two verses, but let's just look at two of them really quick. Thought one. Lot called these wicked men of the city of Sodom brethren and thought too, he said, do not so wickedly. That was great advice. He basically said, don't do this. Turn around and go back where you came from. This is wrong. This is wicked. Do no so wickedly. Don't do this. Do not so wickedly. Lot still had an understanding of right and wrong, but he should have stopped right there. He should not have said what he then said next as found in Genesis 19, verse eight. He said, behold now, I have two daughters which have not known men. Let me, I pray you, bring them unto you or bring them out unto you And do ye to them as is good in your eyes. Only unto these men do nothing. For therefore came they under the shadow of my roof. It was at this point in the sermon that Pastor Gates was preaching. It was at this point that Pastor Gates said something to the effect that Lot was willing to give his daughters away to those wicked men of the city. It was at that point that I mentally checked out of his sermon and I began jotting down some notes for myself. His statement about Lot being willing to give away his two daughters grabbed me in my core and shook me. I mean, almost immediately because of the words he said, Lot was willing to give away his two daughters. I really began to fight back tears and I had a heavy heart. Now, again, This is in a service. I'm sitting in the second row. I'm listening to the man of God preach. I'm sitting next to my wife and my children. And I begin to have a really heavy heart after Pastor Gates said Lot was willing to give away his two daughters. Now, I'm a father of six daughters. I began thinking about a father. How could a father say, I have two daughters which have not known men and then follow that statement with, let me, I pray you, bring them out unto you and do ye to them as is good in your eyes. Lot was willing to give his two virgin daughters away for all of the men of the entire city of Sodom, both young and old. That's when I paused. I thought again about a father giving his two daughters away. I kept thinking about the fact that I have six daughters. Lot's decision to give his two daughters away made me think about my six daughters' wedding day. I thought about how the preacher says, who gives this woman to be married to this man? How could Lot? How could he offer his two daughters to be given to all the men, both young and old, of that wicked city named Sodom? How could he do that? Pastor Gates' message wasn't about that per se, but that's where I left him and went on a journey of my own, all on my own, while he continued preaching about Lot. I began thinking about my options as a father and I've come up with three options. Option one, I can raise my daughters and simply give them away to the man of the city like Lot did. Option two, I can raise my daughters and sadly watch them be taken away from me by the man of the city without my approval. Lot had sons and they married daughters. And if you know the story, they didn't even listen to Lot when he tried to warn them about the pending uh, yet imminent, absolutely going to happen wrath of God on the city of Sodom. So I don't like option one. I refuse to give my daughters to the man of the city. I don't like option two. I don't want my daughters to be taken from me by the men of the city either. So that leaves me with option three. As believers, we should strive to be holy and separate from the world in all areas of our life. And one of those areas, one of the many areas of our life, is the area of love. John 3.16 gives us the greatest example of love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Almighty God, the Father is the greatest giver of all time. My favorite word in all of the Bible is the word so. Many of you know that that I use Webster's 1828 Dictionary as a tool to define the words in our King James Bibles. Well, the word so has 20 different definitions, which simply blows my mind. Such a small word with such a massive message. One of my favorite definitions of the 20 is definition number 17 it ends this way. It's longer than this, but it ends this way. Whatever the quantity may be. The word so is defined as whatever the quantity may be. For God so loved, how much? Whatever the quantity may be. In other words, or at least in my words, the word so is simply impossible to define, because it is without measure and without limitation. And Almighty God, the Bible says about Him that He so loved the world that He gave. He gave us Jesus. And Jesus said in John chapter 15, verse 13, greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. When I think about option one, Give my daughter to the men of the city. And option two, allow my daughters to just be taken away. I scream for another option. I scream for another way. I I just beg and search for another door. There just has to be one. And then, while Pastor Gates was preaching, option three comforted me and brought me to tears. God so loved the world, Jesus laid down his life for his friends. Why not just follow his example in everything? Not just giving or or love, but everything. So, I don't want to be like lots, option one, and I don't want to be like option two, no thanks. So, what is option three? Well, I went back to the beginning. Pastor Gates started in Genesis 19, but I went back to the beginning. I went back to Genesis 1 and even more Genesis 2. The first woman that ever lived was Eve. Let me ask you, who was her father? Her father was our heavenly father who looked at Adam and said in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him an help meet for him. A help that is meet for him. It doesn't say help meet. It says help meet for him. A help that is meet for him. Adam was alone that day. And Almighty God said that Adam needed a helper. So this is option three. I want to be like my heavenly father, and I want to walk my eves, my daughters, down the aisle to their Adam and give them away willingly, making Adam complete and good with a help that is meet for him and him alone. Pilgrims, we need to be like our heavenly father and not like Lot. But how do we accomplish this? We fathers can and should have the goal of walking our daughters down the aisle. And after hearing this question, you say, what question? Who giveth this woman to be married to this man? We should, with a thankful heart, full of humility, be able to say, Her mother and I do. I I was tearing up when I wrote this portion of the podcast. Because just thinking about how awesome that will be by faith. Yet what can I do today that would help cultivate this into the heart and lives of my daughters? I'd like to encourage you to follow this little guide as you think of your daughter's wedding day. The word is wed. W-E-D, WED. The W stands for wisdom. James chapter 1, verse 5 says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. I'm not dumb enough to believe that I have all the answers in and of myself. I have no possible way of helping you without the wisdom that only God can give. We can use our own wisdom like Lot, but realize 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 19 says, For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God, for it is written, He taketh the wise in their own craftiness. I'm not going to pretend that I personally have the answers without the wisdom from the Lord. Also, I find great comfort in Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3, which says, According as His divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of Him that hath called us to glory and virtue. Parents, fathers... I don't even have one of my children married off yet. I have no help for you outside of the wisdom from on high. Proverbs chapter four, verses five through seven, the Bible says this, get wisdom, get understanding, forget it not, neither decline from the words of my mouth, forsake her not, and she shall preserve thee, love her, and she shall keep thee. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore get wisdom and with all thy getting get understanding as you move forward to that wedding day I want to encourage you to ask the Lord for wisdom Philippians chapter 4 verses 6 and 7 The Bible says, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Again, the W for wed stands for wisdom. The E stands for everyone. Now, please, 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 please. Don't get these two out of order. Go to God first, and then go to literally everyone else. I'd start with the older men and the older women in the church. Titus chapter 2, verses 1 through 8 says, But speak thou the things which become sound doctrine, that the aged men be sober, grave, temperate, sound in faith, and charity and patience, the aged women likewise, that they be in behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands." that the word of God be not blasphemed. Young man, likewise, exhort to be sober-minded in all things, showing thyself a pattern of good works and doctrine showing uncorruptness, gravity, sincerity, sound speech that cannot be condemned, that he that is of the contrary part may be ashamed, having no evil thing to say of you. The aged men and women of the church have lived a long life and no doubt they have stories that they would be willing to share with you. When's the last time you had a widow over to your home and just wanted to be a blessing to her? James chapter 1, verse 27 says, Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. When was the last time you exercised pure religion and visited a widow in her affliction? That widow has both a need to be sharpened and the ability to sharpen you. That's just one example of everyone. Ask your preacher, your pastor's wife, a co-worker, et I mean, literally everyone, if they've been married, just ask them about their wedding day. Ask them about the preparation. Ask them if they had a, a do-over wedding day, what would they do? Everyone has a story. I mean, for example, I didn't jump over the broom. I should have. I have a few regrets about how my wedding day went. If I were asked by a young person, I'd open up and try to help him to not make the same mistakes that I did. Pilgrims, humble yourself and ask everyone for their input and only after and while asking Almighty God first. So you ask everyone only and after asking Almighty God first. So letter W stands for wisdom. That comes from God. Letter E, that stands for everyone. Everyone has a story. Just ask them. But letter D, I think, is the second most important part. Obviously, wisdom's number one. Asking everyone their opinion and their story and and things like that is awesome. But letter D, letter D stands for daughter. Pilgrims, We better work on our communication with our daughters. I've been preaching through the book of Nehemiah at Solid Rock at our church. And this past Sunday, I was in Nehemiah chapter 3. Now, Nehemiah 3 is all about one family standing next to another family, standing next to another family as they were setting out to rebuild the broken down walls and the gates of the city of Jerusalem. In fact, right about 51 times or so, the words builded or sanctified, set up, build, laid, repaired, built, fortified, covered, all these words are used in that one chapter about 51 times. It's work, 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 work. And like I said on Sunday, work is spelled S-W-E-A-T, sweat, <laughs> work, sweat, sweat. But when I think of rebuilding the broken walls of Jerusalem and the the burned down gates of Jerusalem, I think about the men of the city and maybe their older sons. And and that's true. But I would not have even given consideration to the daughters. This important verse in Nehemiah chapter 3 will give you a better perspective of father-daughter, of the father-daughter relationship. Nehemiah 3, verse 12 says, And next unto him we re- repaired Shalom, the son of Haloesh, the ruler of the half part of Jerusalem, he and his daughters. Fathers, don't leave our daughters behind. The car ride to do the work may be worth the car ride altogether the discussions that you have in the vehicle. Don't leave your daughter behind. I've point blank asked my daughters questions like, what songs do you want in your wedding? Who's gonna be in your wedding? Where would you like it? Is your husband gonna be ugly or handsome? (laughs) We talk about these things. We have a great time. If you're thinking about it, you need wisdom. You should. Iron sharpens iron. Ask everyone. But you better get in great communication with your daughters. You cannot stop the hands of time. The wedding day is coming. So you better ask for wisdom from on high. Talk to everyone as iron sharpens iron and communicate right now with your daughters. I want my daughters to understand that I want to be like our Heavenly Father, and I want to walk them down the aisle to their Adam like God did with Eve. Who giveth this woman to be married to this man? Her mother and I do. And my message to my son, my future son-in-law, never let go and never let up. Thank you for listening, and I want to encourage you to subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends and family. We would not exist if it were not for pilgrims just like you. If you'd like to donate to help us with the cost of these productions, use Cash App at PeculiarPilgrims, and you won't regret it. Also, you can email us anytime with your compliments, complaints, critiques, and even criticism at podcast at gmail.com We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, fellow pilgrims, never let up.